and welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I'm Becky. And I am Leah. And, you know, hey, we're in the middle stretch of summer. We are, and I said my name really weird there, and I don't know why. I don't know why either. Um, Okay, so I do want to make it known that there is a special entry for summer reading at the bottom of our on-the-shelf show notes. We're going to ask you a question specific to this episode. Once you listen all the way through, you will want to go over to our website, to our on-the-shelf show notes, for this episode and enter the answer to the question. This will be an extra entry just for those listening to the podcast. We do ask that you not share this or tag us on social media. Just answer the question for an extra entry. And I do want to say that I have no idea what the questions are going to be. It's all Becky. Um, basically, I listen to the episode and think about what we talked about. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Because like last week, it was name a book that's one of Becky's favorite from Julie Garwood. Because I only mentioned like seven of them. Only. Last episode. You had to narrow it down. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, so... On this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are shining a bright spotlight on the voice, the myth, and the steamy author, Kim Lorraine. So excited to chat with her. I am too, because she's she's kind of a twofer in the book world. But- okay. Um, so Kim Lorraine was raised a Navy brat, but spent most of her life growing up into the beautiful Pacific Northwest, a proper Washingtonian. She is addicted to coffee, doesn't let a little rain ruin her day, and thinks the sun is a gift from God. When not chasing her three little minions around, Kim spends her time writing, reading, and binging, binge-watching Doctor Who. She is kind of our people. And this is why we've claimed her as a friend and she can't get away from us. (laughs) Okay. Now for the interview. And welcome to the podcast, Kim. Hello. (laughs) Um, We are so excited to talk to you. And actually one of our Patreon members, Heather, was like, can you please ask her about her hockey guys? And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay, sister. She's oh, Minnesota she, hockey mom reads, so she's a oh, little obsessed. I love well, her. <laughs> she does love your cowboys too. So, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how we found you. I I then, love the cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. She's like, can you ask her all the questions? I'm like, what do you want me to ask? Anyway, I can tell you where I'm at currently on my most recent hockey boy, if you'd like to know. Well, we'll um, get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Let's get all to right. know you yeah. a little bit. Yes. Um. First, so you write romance, you write contemporary romance, but you also write paranormal romance. Mm -hmm. So what Mm -hmm. drew you to romance? Do you have a romance origin story? I (laughs) just, I feel like I have been a hopeless romantic since I was a child. I remember very vividly my very first crush was on the animated Robin Hood <laughs> so you like know the Disney Robin like Hood? the you know yeah the, where he was like a the fox, fox. Yes. yeah the foxy Little British Lally. fox right Little I was Lally. so in love with him and I wanted him and made Marion to get married and be happy and I was a very young child and so you know I've always been a hardcore romance person and of course my tastes went from sweet too very spicy and um 
everything in between. But <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've always been a very big reader and I've always loved paranormal as well. Like I remember when I was, you know, in middle school and the Fear Street books were really popular and I just like devoured every single one of them. And, you know, from there, it just sort of grew into, I'm going to try Nora Roberts and, oh, I think I'm going to read Anne Rice and, oh, I'm going to read, um, I got really into J.R. Ward, read all of her Black Dagger Brotherhood books. They're so good though. Yeah, they're so good. And like Laurel K. Hamilton, who isn't really, didn't start out as romance, but then sort of was the queen, the pioneer of reverse harem before it became a thing. You know, she was writing reverse harem and no one even knew what this was. She was like, this lady's getting railed by everybody, but she loves them all. And I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> I love, I love so, Yeah. So I feel like it just sort of is who I am as a person, you know, it's just love stories and romance it's always spoke to me. I love that. I love it. You say the Fear Street books and I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure I was in student teaching when those came out. <laughs> well, like, oh. I had them all. that's so great um what is the one thing you love most about being an author and getting to share your stories Uh, i (laughs) just we ask all the hard questions here it's really hard um i love the feeling of being so immersed in a world whether you're writing it or reading it. So when I wasn't an author and I was a reader, I would get so attached to characters and I would think about them, breathe them, wonder what they were doing, even when I couldn't be reading because I, I wanted to you know, like vividly see that world. And I could do that really well when I was reading it. And so then when I was able to actually do it myself and fall in love with these people that I could create and like, figure out their stories and let them just kind of talk through me it was it was really cool because it opened up this part of my brain that I needed to unlock you know so I've always been a creative person and when I realized that I could do that it was pretty fantastic so that's kind of my favorite thing is when you're really immersed like when we're Meg and I were writing the mate games and we were right in the middle of it and just everything's falling apart you know and we're just breathing it we're just in there and at the end we're we're crying as we're writing the last book because we don't want it to be over like I love that part of it the publishing part of it is terrifying the publishing (laughs) part is the worst part because because then you put it out there and you hope someone likes it and then also you're terrified that they're gonna really like it because then you have have to to live up to it yeah (laughs) so it has to be, I mean, you are creating a situation where you're going to make yourself vulnerable. Oh, you yeah. know, that's being an artist, um, putting mm-hmm. it out there. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember when we started the podcast, I was like, okay, if two people listen that aren't related to me, success. <laughs> um, and now and, we're charting in foreign countries. Yes, you are. <laughs> but it okay, was still a really that, big deal. <laughs> in Australia, especially. It, right. <laughs> In our own little minds, we're a big deal. You're a big deal in my mind. That's where it's important. We, you know, just that vulnerability of putting yourself out there. And then you have to worry about every step. Did I do this right? Is it going to be enough? Am I going to meet the mark? Am I going to surpass the mark? And if I surpass Mm -hmm. the mark this time, can I surpass the mark 
the next time. Yes. Well, and it's also that like, how do we continue like this trajectory? Like how mm-hmm. do we keep mm-hmm. things relevant? How do we keep things engaging and entertaining? And mm-hmm. do people probably want to listen to Becky and I talk all the time? Yes. <laughs> well, she writes demigod Vikings that I seriously want to kidnap and bring home with me. <laughs> I only live in a reverse here. Oh, Alec. Alec. <laughs> that man. That, yeah, I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> so what has writing books taught you about yourself? Um, it has taught me to trust my gut because it's it's really easy to fall into the comparison trap and to see what everybody else is doing and wonder why you're not like good enough. And it, it when I was first really getting into self-publishing, because I was traditionally published for my first series, which is now no longer available. And um, I'm no longer with that publisher and I'm fully indie. I was trying to figure out how, how I could have so much faith in my books and, and they weren't really hitting the market. And so I was like, I need to just write to market. I need to write stuff that people want to read, which is soul sucking. And it's not who I am as a person. I cannot do it. Like if I don't love it, I can't put it out because I won't even care. I will just be I won't want to talk about it. I won't want to gush over it. I won't love those characters. And I, as, as a writer, that's, I need it. Some people can, some people absolutely know what the market wants and I don't fault them for it at all because that is great. It's serving what people want and what they but know, readers know readers the difference. Want. They can mm-hmm. usually tell, but you know, it, it just depends because I think that we all look at our writing in different ways. But I just found that for me, if I was comparing myself to other people, I would hate what I was doing and it would make me very depressed. And so I stopped doing that. And I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to write what I want. And I remember very vividly having a conversation with Jay Bankson, who wrote Cake. And she told me, I just wrote the book that I wanted to read. And it was a success. It's a great book. It's great. You know, it's great. And you can tell she enjoyed it. And when we were sitting there having that conversation and she was like, I just wanted to read something. I wanted to write something I wanted to read. I was like, that's what I have to do. I have to just always love what I'm writing because if I don't, it's never going to be successful because I'm never going to be happy with it. And so that's sort of my philosophy that I learned over years of comparing myself to other people. Yeah. Like stay, to keep your eyes on your own paper. <laughs> yeah. We often talk about chasing the algorithm. So for mm-hmm. us, because mm-hmm. of what we're doing, you know, you want to be new. You want to be innovative. There yeah. are, I counted, there are over a hundred romance book-based podcasts. Like mm-hmm. I have a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, we obviously are kind of a little later onto the scene because a lot of them were established, you know, 2016, 2018, and we didn't come into market till 2020. But then also like we had to rebrand and come mm-hmm. back to market in 2021. Mm-hmm. And so we have to remind ourselves, 
we're successful when our listeners are excited and yell at us because please stop Mm -hmm. putting books on my TBR. Like Mm -hmm. at least once Mm -hmm. a week we hear someone say, I can't listen to your podcast anymore. My book budget won't (laughs) let me. And Lee and I are like, you're You're welcome. Welcome. And the authors are like, please keep putting things on their TBRs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think it really says a lot that we have to measure our own success based on our own goals. And so if we set our goals to be like somebody else, we're never going to reach those because we're not going to be happy with it because that's their thing. That's what they're doing. You can look at people and go, that was a good idea. I really like that idea. I see what you're doing here. That's very smart versus like, but why you and not me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that just really helped me a lot because I don't like the feeling jealous of other people because it's toxic. And I just want to be able to like, congratulations, you did it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Now I'm going to meet my goals and these are mine and mine are different from yours. You're a nicer person than we are. We're a little bit of petty bitches. We sit there and go, what the hell? Why do I do let that? myself get petty, but my <laughs> overall, like I have one person that I, I get a little petty with and we, we do our, we have our petty party and then we move on because we're just like, everyone's in the same boat. I like that like, a petty party. <laughs> That's like our morning phone call. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Uh, yeah. That's we tell people all the time. We're like, we let it go. Like it doesn't fester, but we have mm-hmm. to have a minute where we have to like. We have a very good vent session at least yeah. once a week. Yeah. And you're allowed to, like, you're supposed to have that mm-hmm. at all times. Oh, it's healthy. It's healthy to it get is. those feelings out. Yeah. It's, it's one thing to get them out. faster than it explodes in the wrong ways. Yeah. It's another to hold it. And like yes. keep Such it. as yeah. yelling at my husband tonight. It, it sometimes it festered a little. Sometimes we have came to. out the wrong ways. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, you started as a traditionally published author. I didn't even realize mm-hmm. that as I was doing I your history. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. So you didn't have to push publish on that first book, but you did no. when you decided to go indie. Yeah. So yeah, tell us about what made you make that decision to go indie and then Um, pressing publish. Yeah, well, the publishing world, I wasn't (laughs) with a big five publisher. So it's a little bit different because I think big five publishers, they do a lot more for you. You know, there's a lot more like, like support behind you. I work in big five, depends on your contract. Yeah, yeah. So I had my first book I ever wrote. I was very, um, I, I queried everywhere, all that, like just everyone, I got rejected all the time, so many rejections. (laughs) And I eventually, one of my good friends at the time had a a contract with Kensington and she put me in touch with her editor who then read my book. And she was ruthless and she cut the first five chapters of this book. And she was like, no, you don't need this. Get rid of all of it, redo it. And and she was like, I'm not going to take it but you redo that and you'll get a deal somewhere. And so I did. I was, I cut that whole beginning and it was very hard to do, but I did. And then I went out on submission and I got um, a contract and I did a whole series with this uh, publisher and it was like third person, very like Nora Roberts, women's fiction with romance and uh, didn't know what I was doing, had no idea really what tropes were, (laughs) you know, like, I was very like, I don't know. I just want to tell these stories. And um, 
they did fine. Like I built an audience, but not a big one. And they took care of covers and editing and everything for me, but I still had to pay for all of my own advertising. I had to do all the marketing and all of that. So then I started writing a paranormal romance called Waking the Watcher. And it was just an idea that I had, you know, in the shower as you do, right? So I'm like in the shower and I'm like, what if, what if this vampire goes to a bar and vampires can't get erections? but he meets this woman and suddenly he's hard. And I was like, this is very interesting. <laughs> and then it was like a whole, I was going to be a short story. And then it became a whole three book series and with like fallen angels and stuff. And I was like, my publisher was like, well, we'd like this. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so. And uh, I queried and <clears throat> random house read it and they wanted me to change too much of it. And so I was like, nope. I'm going to do it myself. And so then I self-published it. And then I never looked back because I was like, oh, I'm a control freak. I really like being in charge of everything. So that's something that yep. for us. So Leah and I will fix your words. We both have mm -hmm. a background on the backside of the book for editing mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we never understand is indie authors that are mm -hmm. so desperate for mm -hmm. that trad pub contract. Yeah. Because it's a validation thing. <laughs> yeah. And I understand there's excitement wanting your book in Barnes and Noble, wanting your book mm -hmm. in Target or in Walmart. And, and, and I get it. But mm -hmm. on the other side, I also have seen what, what has to happen. And we recently mm -hmm. talked to an author and she's, she has a big five contract and she was like, they made me cut three sex scenes, which yeah. isn't like what I write indie. And we're like, mm -hmm. oh, and her books are not like over the top scene. Yeah. And mm -hmm. another author, or I guess I think it was the same one. She said they were very clear. They're, they're terrified of the two and one star review, this big five she mm -hmm. was with. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they made it very clear that she could, they gave her a list of words. Mm -hmm. that they didn't want in the book because those are trigger words that will sometimes upset some of their more trad published readers. Mm -hmm. And one of the mm -hmm. words was ass. And so that author in the opening line oh. of her book, she calls the friend a jackass. <laughs> and she's like, that was my little kind of like, I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For me, yeah. I just think, write the stories that in your heart, if mm -hmm. you put them out there, yeah, it might not be an instant bestseller, but it's mm -hmm. going to get an audience if it's a good, solid written book. Yeah. It's going to get yep. an audience. And I think there's something to be said for persistence and and uh, believing in your product that you're giving people. You know, I it's really easy in this industry to get very discouraged and feel oh. because you're not getting that validation. Um, and as artists, we are creatures who need validation. <laughs> You know, like mm -hmm. we really, really need it. And so I think it's important to have a good critique partner. I think it's good, important to have a good beta reading team or an alpha reader um, and have people who are not only cheerleaders, but who will tell you if something you've written is accidentally uh, problematic. Yeah. You know, there are things that I have written in the past that I didn't realize were problematic. And those books are now unpublished, you know, like referring to um an asian woman as having almond eye almond shaped eyes i will never do that again because i've yeah. been educated and i've learned it but at the time i didn't know 
And now it's not available and you won't read it and I won't put it in my books. And, you know. Oh, but that goes to say too, though, like you're one of those authors who, who listens to the people who tell you things. Cause we have come across a couple who are like, yeah, my beta readers hated this. Or mm-hmm. like we have beta read for authors mm-hmm. who were like, you can't say this. This isn't like, this is not okay. And they're like, okay, thanks for reading. And then they leave it. And it's like, yeah. but like you have, it kind of has to go both ways. Like you have to be an author who's willing to listen to, to those mm-hmm. people. And I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate when authors do that. And I think it depends too, because sometimes it's just an opinion. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, I really don't like that he was wearing blue shorts, right? You know, versus this offended me, or mm-hmm. this is offensive to a certain, uh, you know, marginalized group. Like those are very different things. Like if someone yeah. tells me this statement is offensive to, um, you know, your black readers, I would say I didn't know that. Thank mm-hmm. you for telling me. And then I would research it just to like make sure that I did my own due diligence. Right. And then I would probably um, also have, you know, black readers who I know read it as well, just to get there, just to make sure that Mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, that is offensive, you know, and I would apologize. Um, I think that, I think that taking ownership when you make a mistake is really important and apologizing genuinely really goes a long way. Yeah. So, cause mm-hmm. we do make mistakes because we are humans sure. right? and you don't know what you don't know. So when you learn it, do better apologize. Yeah. I know. had a recent experience with an author that I adore. She wrote a full bodied heroine and she kept referring to her pillowy bosoms mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was something that got added later on. And mm-hmm. I am not a small person. And so I consider her a friend. So I sent her a message and I said, Hey, mm-hmm. just so you know, Coming from a mm-hmm. fat girl, mm-hmm. I don't love this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh. And I said, also, why do your heroines only ever, that are full full figured, why are they only ever finding love in a fake relationship? And she's like, what are you talking about? So then I list all her books that are full figured heroines uh, she didn't even that realize only that. fall mm-hmm. in love because of a fake yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. just letting you know. She's like, well, thanks for letting me know. I didn't, she didn't even know it. But she was yeah. super receptive to it. She wasn't mad at me. It was, And I feel weird doing it, too, because, one, I consider this person my friend. Mm-hmm, and also, mm-hmm. two, I love all the books. I consume all the books, even the ones that people are like, that's a terrible book. And I'm like, I read it. I liked it. I found something mm-hmm. lovable about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that make me mad are the people that tell me a book is romance and it's spicy. And then <laughs> shit ain't spicy. Those are the books I get mad about. No sex scenes in this. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We will not talk specifically about the book that I'm talking about because Leah's like, I'm done. I have been complaining about this book since I read it in December. Because if you start talking about that, I will just throw it back at you. Oh boy. You'll you'll have to tell me about it off. I will tell you about it later. I just (laughs) yeah, yeah, romance, like if you're gonna label it romance. And Give me romance. romance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're going to tell Not me. Not women's fiction. Uh-huh. It, can be yeah. rom- it can be women's fiction with romantic elements. There is nothing sure, sure. wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. And it's, I think that that's what a lot of trad pub. I think that's what a lot of trad pub is right now. It is. Yeah, it is. And that's okay I, because there yeah. are readers for that. 
Yeah. Well, and there and- are like plenty of readers for sweet romance too, that doesn't, that don't have yeah. sex scenes in them. I, I uh, work with Melissa McClone and her romances are all sweet romances, but the people are just like these kind, loving people. And it's just like a, a lovely little treat. And you know, when going into it though. Well, but yeah. that's the thing, like, you, know. you know, going into it, like there's an expectation mm-hmm. going into it that is satisfied. It's when yeah. you're going into a book with and an- you're like, Yes. And you're expecting something. We don't need open down. door, but we don't need open door in every book because we read Avon Ellis, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. is a KU author who writes, she has a Royal series and she also she has, has a series. baseball mm-hmm. and a hockey mm-hmm. series. Hers are all fade to black, but mm-hmm. there is yep. chemistry on those pages. Mm-hmm. You know that those people are in love and attracted. And yeah. so to me, that is still romance, even though mm-hmm. it's fade to black. Mm-hmm. I get frustrated and I have a love-hate relationship with book talk anyway. Everyone knows it. <laughs> it is the bane of my existence. Anyway, oh, boy. Um, we, I just avoid it. If people tell me a book is spicy over there, like this is the spiciest book I ever read. Yeah. And I go to read it yeah. and there are three kisses and one sex scene at like 98%. I'm like throwing I'm like, oh. the book. But those like Katie Robert. <laughs> mm-hmm. But those are also the books that we sometimes do like generalized searches just to see how uh-huh. often they say a specific word. And if it's like two or less, like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I'm very condoms or I look for cock. Thrusting. Like that's a, like how many times is cock in here? Okay. This is a book. I totally me. searched thrust the other day. Cause I was thrust, looking for the yes. pop in a book. Yeah. Cause I hadn't mm-hmm. written it down. So, mm-hmm. but I searched condom and it didn't come up and I searched mm-hmm. something else and it didn't come up. So I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. thrust, mm-hmm. thrust is a good thrust one. Thrust is a good one. Thrust is a good one. I found um, that scene yeah. right away. Yeah. Or slick. Slick is a good one. Slippy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like those yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the scariest part? Put, did I ask this? What's the scariest no. part of putting yourself out there as an author for you? Like, oh, uh, for me, it's that I'm going to inadvertently offend someone because I care so much about it. Like, oh, it gives me the like bubble guts. Like, I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody ever. Mm-hmm. I'm super non-confrontational. I don't want anyone to think that I'm being mean to them ever. So if I put something in my books and I end up offending a, a person, I get so upset about it. You and should hang out with really us worried. a little bit. We'll build your confidence up. <laughs> okay. We'll set you straight. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a thing I have that I like go to therapy for. So it's Honestly, actually though, funny. It's, it's not a bad thing though, because it's not. there are- because there are authors that they're just like, we don't care. We're going to put mm-hmm. whatever we want. And it's like, I'm, mm-hmm. and yeah. then, then yeah. you get that insincere apology yeah. at the end. Right. And I'll put like trigger warnings and content warnings for stuff like um, the mate games. We have content warnings and trigger warnings yeah. because it's super kinky. There's a lot well, in it's it. It's paranormal. I feel like in yeah. that, like, it's just kind of a given that there's going to be weird stuff. There's going to there. be weird stuff, but also there's some darker content. And so Meg and I made that decision because I don't normally do trigger warnings for mm-hmm. my contemporaries because they're pretty light, you know, like on purpose. And now again this is like an issue of listening to people because like i'm not normally a person who requires content and trigger warnings myself because i do like to be surprised however i had an experience where i was reading a book and there was a a sexual assault um on the hero 
by a female character. And it was so close to my own personal experience, but you know, flipped mm. that I had to stop reading the book. And, and then I went to Goodreads and I never go to Goodreads, but I went there because I needed to see if people were upset about it because I hadn't heard anything about it. And if it, if it ended up being mentioned as like a, a situation, if it was yeah. like addressed in the book and it was never addressed in the book that, it, that that's what it was. And so for me personally, I was like, this one's not, this one's not for me. Mm-hmm. And I got to move on because if it's not resolved, it's going to really eat away at me. So from then on, I was kind of like, if I have stuff like that in my books, I'm going to need to make sure that I warn people. Well, and you kind of deal like in your paranormal stuff, at least the series you're writing now with Meg, there's a little bit of that rejected mate uh-huh. situation mm-hmm. and a little bit, I don't want to say bullying, but a little bit of some a people. A little bit being okay. assholes some yeah there's are some assholes, assholes. Yeah. um mm-hmm. yeah and so with all yeah. of that i can see where a content or a trigger warning is necessary leah and i are like you we don't typically need content or trigger warnings mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. there are it, a, a couple things but the like but with me like i don't care about spoilers either mm-hmm. so like becky mm-hmm. read a book recently or actually it was last summer and we had lost a we had lost a baby like in between our two kids. Mm-hmm. And so like, that is one of the few things that triggers me. And Becky yeah. had read a book last summer and she's like, don't read this right now. Cause mm-hmm. we lost them in August. The book came out oh, in August yeah. and she's like, this will set you off. She's like, right. Still born in it. Like you just need mm-hmm. to step back from this one. But yeah. like she, and it, there wasn't a content warning on it, which mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. I went into it a different month, it wouldn't have mm-hmm. triggered me, but like August is like my trigger month. And like everything yeah. sets me off yeah. in August. But mm-hmm. thankfully I have a friend like Becky who's like, you need to hold off on this. Right. Story. And I think that's why you need these close book friends who can tell you, like if they know you well enough to know mm-hmm. what you're dealing with and what you're going through, then they can help you with that. Because even probably seeing the trigger warning mm-hmm. would have been too much. Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, for me personally, I feel that no. that would be the case, you know. And we're very lucky. Our community, we all kind of know we've grown this beautiful book community mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we'll all kind of say, oh, like we've had a couple here, uh, a couple of our members who have suffered um, IVF failures. Mm-hmm. And so if we come across a book with failures in IVF, we are very cautious to say, hey. Mm-hmm. Book might not be for you, depending on where you are in your life right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we, that is something the Buzzing About Roommates community is really good. Now, Leah and I, mm-hmm. we fall down these like dark, dark, non-con, dub-con. Yeah. Yep. Dirty, rabbit holes. Dirty yep. rabbit holes. Yes. And then we'll tell I people. I do too. And we tell people, we're reading this. And so we'll say, oh, mm-hmm. that sounds great. And I'll be like, not for you. Not for you. It's not, not for you. good for you. Move yeah. on. You aren't going like, to yeah. like this. Well, it's, or you can like read this and this one in this series, but you need to skip this one, this mm-hmm, one, and this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's things that you don't even realize are going to affect you. And then you mm-hmm. figure it out and you learn by that experience. And unfortunately it's not a positive experience for you, but I, I do think that, you know, whatever we can do and like, we don't put the trigger warnings in the book or on the Amazon page because Amazon does not like that. They do, um, and they'll they'll hide you. But we do have a tag at the bottom of the blurb that says for content and trigger warnings, like go to our website. And then mm-hmm. we have a special spot on the website where you can click on the like it looks like a little R rating, and you can click there and it'll show you all the trigger warnings. That way, people who don't want a spoiler mm-hmm. won't have it, but the people who do have it available to them. 
Well, and, and definitely more and more authors are, have been doing that. Cause I know Katie Robert does that. Mm-hmm. Mariah Ankenman does that. I just saw it. Somebody else posted recently that they have them. I can't remember who though, but I appreciate that. Cause mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like some people, they don't want that. They don't want anything like there. Cause they just, they want to go into it blind and enjoy yep. the book as yep. is. And some people need that. And so I appreciate mm-hmm. that authors are putting like, it's in a, like a safe space. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to go into it, like you can do that, but if you don't like, that's okay mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I also sometimes though, like people will be like, don't put spoilers. Like I've had authors say, do not review this with any spoilers. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's fair. Um, but it's romance and they're going to mm-hmm. end up together in an HEA. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is I'm, that a spoiler? Is that a spoiler yeah. to say? No, hey? because that's the promise of romance. Like, that's the promise. Unless of there's the cliffhanger yeah. and right. you don't know okay. it going in. So yeah. there is that. <laughs> Leah has a hatred, like well, hatred. You're gonna get though once you finally get the mate games, you're gonna get like over five hundred thousand words. That's to okay. just like enjoy. That's like so, a good weekend for me. It's yeah, and I think um, the I would never want to tell a reviewer how to review a book because yeah. one, reviews aren't for me, um, and two, I want it to be a safe space for for the reviewer. Does that mean I don't read reviews? Nope. Does it mean that I don't read the bad reviews and then argue with them in my head and then just move on? Nope. You do it in your head. So that makes we, it okay. But yeah. do you know what? Yeah. I also argue with the bad reviews. I am a proponent of giving a bad review, not a mm-hmm. bad review. That is the wrong word. It is okay to give a critical one or Absolutely. two star review to talk about what didn't work for you personally yep. in that book. But yep. don't be a bitch. But don't be a honestly. bitch. Right, right. Don't like be a piece insulting of shit. the author's writing ability is mm-hmm. not my favorite. Or no. um or if We're it's like a personal thing. Yeah. Or like or like I hate reverse harem books. One star. And you're like, Well, but why did you this read this? This is a reverse harem book. Why did you read this? See, you know, or like, like that I was, stuff doesn't make sense to me. I was reading through reviews the other day because I was inner curious about a book. I was like, is this mm-hmm. something I'm gonna enjoy? And it was that I don't mm-hmm. like reverse harems. And it was yeah. a reverse harem book. I'm like, why yeah. did you even attempt why did to read you get it? Like, this there book? Are, yeah. like, five guys on the cover. Yeah. Like this clearly for you. there's it's not okay. just one piece yeah. in this book. Like, there's many, many of them. Yeah. It's a sausage party. But and then yeah. Some. And then some. Yeah. There are a now, lot of I pains. don't mind if an author reads reviews. I I have hang-ups when an author uses a review to poke fun out of a reviewer that's when i get yeah. icky for them yeah um again it just because my name is attached to every one of my reviews it is not hard to find mm-hmm. this person mm-hmm. i have mm-hmm. 17 different websites my name is on everything yeah so if you're yeah. sharing and some authors have really rabid fan bases that are mm-hmm. really mean and they'll go after people and who's gonna yeah, i mean who's gonna stop them i mean yep, yep. And, you know, like in the past, I have had reviews where like it was a homophobic review for an MM book that I did. And so I did, I did do that. I took, I just like copied a line from the review review and posted it on my social and just was like, P.S. I will always write gay characters. They will be in my worlds at all times. But you didn't give the person's name. Never, never. So there you go. But like even right still, there, like, you know, that's, that's like, that way is okay above. with me, but you quote a good mm-hmm. review. So see, I don't have yeah. a problem with that because I, I was scrolling through, I think Stacey Kennedy's website one day 
And there's something about a, one of her books and it says a quote and then bookcase and coffee. And I'm like, I, I wrote that. I wrote that. Mm-hmm. And why is she using this on her like, website? That was and I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. So if you want to, you know, if I wrote a review mm-hmm. and said, I would never write this review. But if I wrote a review that said, oh, my God, do these people ever not have sex? And mm-hmm. you want to use that? Okay. But I would ask that if I put that in a one star that you not attach my name to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if I like, I feel like I don't usually ever put the star rating unless it's a five star, like as a, like, mm-hmm. here's the book. But sometimes those one stars that are like, this book Leah is only sex, by the one stars. You know, I'm like, okay. Or like somebody one time, I think, reviewed something where they were like, you like the one stars that say this book has did, too much yeah. sex. Oh, like, yeah, is his I do, penis because... going to fall off because he's using it so much? And I'm like, well, those that are the has books to get you want to read. Those sell books. Yeah. But I don't, I would never like send people after. Like, I read somebody. one the other day, like, there was too much swearing and mm-hmm. too much sex. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did you look at like anything? sign me up? before I'll you take read it, it? like mm-hmm. did you did mm-hmm. you research your author at yeah. all yeah and those are like the best reviews to have like people get very sad about one star reviews but I'm also like no those ones where they're like oh my god I can't believe she didn't end up pregnant she was so much sex there was so much sex and all four guys you know so and I'm like thank you for selling my book or my favorite one is this is a one-handed read and I'm like you're welcome. Yes. So I actually, so we did an interview with Julie Garwood mm-hmm. and after everything was done, I sent her an email and I said, Hey, I just want to talk about one thing that's happening with her grace under fire, which is her latest book that's coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. I said, this is modern and nobody mm-hmm. uses a condom. And there was never a question about pregnancy. And she's like, Oh, you caught that, huh? And she's <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I totally did. And she's like, my editor didn't, she goes, I did it on purpose. My editor didn't catch it. Uh-huh. Uh, the publicist that I'm working with at the publishing house did not catch it. She goes, so I just didn't add it. <laughs> First of all, this woman is the sassiest woman Ugh. ever. Like she, she's she was queen. amazing. Like honestly, Becky and I, like we just sat back at, at one point, Julie Garwood asked if I fell asleep. <laughs> Cause you were just so relaxed just listening like, to her. Talk. I didn't have she's anything just... to say. Cause she just was talking and it was amazing. And I just was like, kind of an awe and Becky fangirled mm-hmm. so hard. Mm-hmm. So I just I was like, I was just a romance out. reader from the nineties and the two thousands oh, did not read a Julie Garwood. Yep. 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 Our moms yep. read Are them. Are you a romance reader from the eighties and nineties? If you didn't read Julie Garwood? No, I don't think not. so. I don't think so. It's kind yeah, of a Beverly like Nora Jenkins. Roberts too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And Beverly Jenkins and oh, Miss Bev. I love Miss Bev so much. <laughs> so we interviewed her at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And I love this story because everybody is just like in awe of it. Mm-hmm. We're buzzing about romance. We're not a huge big deal, but we have, we have a side group of podcasters that have corset and crown that do only historical romance. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sadie and Katie were like, Hey, I was like, give me your dream list of authors you want to interview for your podcast mm-hmm. that we produce. Mm-hmm. And Miss Bev was on their top of their list. And I said, okay, no problem. So I went looking, she doesn't have an Instagram following. I know she has a Facebook following and she does a ton of t- uh, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. And I said, Oh, this isn't really working for me. Cause I couldn't find like even a contact form. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I went to her website and she has a contact form 
And I filled out the contact form with all the information of who Corset and Crown was and who we were. Not even 10 minutes. Like, it was an email to her, basically her web, um, her web Server. admin. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she responds back with an email, like, not even 10 minutes after I sent mine with, oh, my God, I'd love to come on and talk to you guys. I love, when love it. When can we do this? And I'm like, yay. So then I tell Sadie and Katie, I'm like, guys, I got Miss Bev. We're doing it December this, and the episode will drop January 2nd. And they're like, no way. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like okay. this is her personal email address. They still to this day are like totally freaked out. They're like, we talked to Beverly Jenkins. I'm like, <laughs> I know I was there. <laughs> I was there. I made that happen for you. You're welcome. <laughs> she was the most gracious, beautiful <sighs> soul. Like, yep. again, queen of romance right yep. there. Yep. Oh, so. Yep. I love her. I love her. Uh, I love her books too. I'm super mm-hmm. excited about her new book coming out. So, um, if you could remove any limitation, what is the one book you would write? You mean like things I'm not allowed to write about? That kind yeah, of like stuff. Any. Mm-hmm. If you could anything. do anything you if want. If you have a dream book, but you don't feel one that it could go to market and sell. Or Mm -hmm. it's the one story you really want to write, but you just haven't had time to write it. There was no limitation. Like, this is your chance Mm -hmm. to write that one book. Uh, Maybe like an MMF cheating book. I I love a cheating book. (laughs) I love (laughs) to read them. I cannot write them. But there's something about them that like draw me in it's the mess i love the messy romance the angst the love triangle thing i love all of it like i am so here for the summer i turned pretty like i (laughs) just inhaled that show and i don't even have time to do that but i still did and like so i would do probably like maybe not maybe not mmf because then it wouldn't be cheating really because it would be like because i always default to a sandwich so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everyone loves everyone it's fine but maybe like a true love triangle like a tr- like a really true love triangle where somebody has to get left out like thoughtless thoughtless by sc stevens just wrecked me so much like so much have you read thoughtless if you don't like cheating books you won't like it i, I don't, don't like mind cheating, cheating. Oh, i can't handle a cheating book a couple oh. of our contributors leah and rachel are like absolutely not on the cheating I don't mind it just because I like a good cockhold. Like, come on, mm-hmm. let's like. I just, I just like the <laughs> angst of it all. Like, it's just, I don't know. And I remember when I was reading Thoughtless, um, it was like way before I really started writing. And I was so taken by this book that I was mad at it that I was like shaking and I would go down and I'd be like telling my husband about it and he would be like what is wrong with you and then I read a review about it because I I couldn't stand it like I needed to know what was going to happen so I read a spoiler review and this woman she was so funny she compared the lead guys to an ice cream cone and a lollipop and how she had an ice cream cone and a lollipop and how do you choose between them, you know? And so I'm like giving him this analogy and I'm trying to explain, I'm like, there's an Australian ice cream cone and there's a rock star lollipop and she can't choose and she loves them both. And he was just like, this is crazy. But then years later, 
I go to Amazon for like a, a meeting with them and because and, I'm in Seattle. So they invited me over to the headquarters yeah. and I got to go and like do their indie <clears throat> specialist stuff and get a tour. And that was really cool. And I'm sitting down, <laughs> sitting down next to another woman and the rep from Amazon comes up and she sits across from us. She's like, Kim, do you know SC Stevens? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at her and I was like, you wrote the ice cream cone and the lollipop. She was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, Kelly Kyle, you gave me Kelly Kyle. It was the biggest fangirl moment I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and somehow we're still friends. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's I not... love that so much. I do. Um, yep. That's we totally often tell authors, we, we think of you as our friends. And so mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. promise not to stalk you, but we don't guarantee to be slightly on the edge. Do we oh. promise not to stalk though? Or we do we do. just promise not to stalk hard? I just look, we try you to balance. stalk me as hard as you want. <laughs> oh, we already do. <laughs> we already pretty much do. Well, and that brings us. So I have to tell you, we did a, we did a survey in our Patreon and we said, Hey, give us a list of authors. You would really love us to talk to that haven't been featured yet on buzzing about romance. And you were overwhelmingly the top of the list. Everyone's like, Kim Lorraine, talk to Kim Lorraine, <laughs> talk to Kim. No. And oh yes. Yeah, so I'm blushing Heather, really hard. <laughs> Heather. And we had Christina and Liz. They were all just like, yes, talk to her. Her books are amazing. Talk to her. And Leah and Heather did, um, what book did you guys do for a quick the shot? Baby Proposition. Baby, the I, baby I listened to that episode. It, but it was like the perfect blend of like transferring into like hockey, but mm -hmm. cowboys. Because mm -hmm. Heather and I love your cowboy series. Like we love them. And we talk about them all the time. And like we tell everybody, you need to read these cowboys because she writes an amazing cowboy. Thanks. But yeah, so we did the quick shot on the baby proposition. We just loved them because yeah. it was delightful. I love Mav. I love Mav. Ugh. I know he was such a broken, broken boy. He, he just had a really hard time, and he was very Anthony Bridgerton about his life. And he, he was, just, oh my God, he totally was. You know, like, and I have to tell you, I got—I've been doing NSFW artwork for okay. my patrons, and um, I did see you ask about where to get them printed. Uh, yes, because VistaPrint sent me yet another email <laughs> canceling like my. They were like, "How very dare you!" Uh, try to print penises but I got the scene where Mav makes his first deposit but misses oh oh my god and that's so funny. um it is so beautiful she did that this is weird to talk about dicks being beautiful but she did a beautiful job on that <laughs> on that scene and uh so I can't wait for it to be totally finished so I can like post it but Oh God, that, that one was so voted much. that one was one of the top ones that people picked i am i, I am there why. for all the not suitable for work artwork like on my phone are like katie roberts drawings mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah no yeah. like my kids are not allowed on my phone because you nope. never know what you're gonna find no nope. oh so many dicks there's just so many illustrated dicks on my phone right now it's, um it's great i have a guide to piercings of penises ah, and oh. when i downloaded the guide the uh -huh. grid or did a screenshot of it i forgot that i share an icloud with my children whoopsie but my children are 19 and 17 so they're oh, you know, okay. they're almost they're adults. fine now and they walk in on our conversations all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm. so like mm -hmm. a glossary of like peen piercings is not but my boy child came them. across it and he was like oh no mom and he's my 19 year old <laughs> he's like mom really 
really, mom? And I was like, yeah, dude, I need that because sometimes in a book they say things and I don't know what they're Uh talking about. uh And he's like, holy crap, what is wrong with you? And he like rolled his eyes and walks out of the Mm -hmm. room. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. you really should appreciate me. Yeah. Yeah. Later, later he'll tell the stories. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk hockey because we, our community is huge sports fans. Mm -hmm. Um, there are what two books now out. We have big baby proposition, baby and big proposition, deck and big deck energy. Yeah, yeah, yes. And so, big deck is the British hockey player Ethan Byrne, and it's like a dating app. And his handle is Big Deck Energy because he has this house with a huge deck, and it's really a joke. Is it? It's an inside joke because Shane East is one of my buddies, and he and I work together a lot. And he had this joke about his big deck because he has this big deck. And I then sent him a photo of my very large deck, which is much larger than his and was like, my deck is bigger. And then he just, he did a whole thing on Twitter with Joe Arden about the deck and his, you know, so it became a thing. And then he was getting some merch for big deck energy and he was like what do you think about this is it too racy and i was like it's fantastic i'm gonna yeah, write a book is. with this title can i write a book with this title and he was like yeah and i was like will you narrate it and he was like yeah <laughs> so then i wrote it and it became what it is now and i dedicated it to him so he is a hoot on twitter he is a hoot he's so funny he's so funny so funny yeah. um yeah he makes me laugh all the time. He is one of my all-time favorite narrators. So we we are huge fans. We adore him. He's such a lovely guy too. Like he really is. He's a genuinely lovely person, which I appreciate. Which but is nice. yes, yeah. So Honestly, my dedication is to Shane. My deck is bigger, and <laughs> so. that is phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So are we getting another book in that series then? Yes. So I'm working on it now. I've had to delay it because um, I severely overestimated my availability to write books and narrate books and produce audiobooks and do everything. So I um, am working on the marriage arrangement right now. And the marriage arrangement is uh, Taylor Savage, who is the bad boy Scottish hockey player. And um, it is uh, basically an arranged, you know, bar a marriage of convenience between him and Clara from the uh, Baby Proposition's sister, Becca. Oh, I was hoping and we're getting Becca's book. Yeah, so this is him and Becca, and they kind of hate each other. He doesn't hate her at all. But she kind of hates him. She kind of hates him on principle, and they fight, but he's just real horny for her all the time, but they fight a lot. And, uh, you know, she needs, she needs she's in a bind, she needs help, he's in a bind, so he says hey 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 marry me will you marry me because if you do that i can help you with this thing and you can get me out of this contract with this stupid dating app that i have a contract with because if i'm married but he's really horny for her oh he loves her so much (laughs) he loves her so much but i love that i love a piner i love when they pine there's some stupid like they're stupid when they pine it's oh my gosh yeah he's and like you know she'll be out there doing yoga and he'll just be watching and just be like oh god you know, like she's bending over. I love I can't all these her, things. You know? I love so, all these things. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, he's Scottish. And so he's got the sexy accent and 
he, I just went to Scotland. And um, so as I'm revising right now, one of the things that they kept saying was they kept calling me hen, like the guys would call me hen. And I was like, are you calling me like a chicken, like a hen, like a chicken? And they were like, I, <laughs> and I was like, why? And they were like, it's what we call like, you know, the lassies we think are pretty and like, or our girlfriends or whatever. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, but like, but then I was like, I need to put that in the book because yeah. it's unique and I love it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I really love Taylor and Becca and I'm hoping that uh, it's coming out in November. So I just have to finish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very close, <clears throat> like this close. Okay, so I want to ask this question and then we'll talk about mm -hmm. mate games before we're okay. done. Um, if you could have everyone read one book of yours, which book would you have them read? Why do you ask me these hard questions? <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the faces <laughs> I'm making right now that no one can see. Um, we can see them. You can see them. So my very favorite of my cowboy books is Rope Tight, which is an MM. So not everybody likes MM, mm -hmm. but that story is so like, it was like a book of my heart above all the other ones because I had wanted to write Sam's story and I had been incredibly worried about writing MM because one, I didn't want to do it wrong. Two, I didn't want to misrepresent people. And three, as a person who at the time thought she was a very straight human, but who has since learned more about herself, um, I kind of didn't want to step in a, in a world where I maybe didn't represent the characters mm -hmm. in a way that was taking from somebody else. And then as I was exploring these characters, I kind of began to explore more about sexuality because I was researching. I learned a lot about bisexuality. I learned a lot about um, just the umbrella of sexuality and how it's so incredibly fluid. And so then I began to realize a lot more about who I am and maybe how I was indoctrinated when I was growing up and yeah. how I have grown now and learned about myself. So I felt more comfortable kind of stepping a little bit further in to the LGBTQ plus umbrella without, you know, feeling as though I maybe didn't belong there yeah i think mm -hmm. it was roan parish who told us because i had very big feelings about what i thought were straight women writing mm -hmm. mm you know and lgbtqia romances and roan looked at me and she said becky it is not our job to push people out of the closet we don't know their mm -hmm. journey and we don't mm -hmm. know their story so you just need to love yeah. the story as the story is and then max walker kind of said the same thing to me he was like not our job becky stop it Mm -hmm. And in that mm -hmm. situation, that is the one advice that now I feel like I can say to authors, write the stories of your heart. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not sure it's your story to tell, your heart is telling you it's your story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I really learned a lot from that experience because it's, uh, you know, I, I've never been in a relationship with a woman 
ever. But I sure have realized now that my appreciation for beautiful women is not a straight woman's appreciation for beautiful women. <laughs> it's a different, you know, it's different. It's di- the way I really appreciate Gal Gadot is not a straight woman's way of appreciating Gal Gadot, <laughs> you know, like that. I was like, oh, oh, I'm learning so much about myself. And I mean, I have been very vocal about like, no, no, you know, I, 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 wouldn't be in a relationship with a woman. And now years later, I'm kind of like, never say never, mm-hmm. you know, you, like, you know. don't know, you don't, you know, don't know how you're going to change over the years. So yeah. Yeah. But so that research in... really opened my eyes. Sorry. Sorry. Go no, ahead. that's okay. Um, I'm glad that you did that. And now I have to add that story to my Kindle. So oh, you wrote that I love them. it's a really so good much. one. It's a second chance. Yeah. Sam okay. and Tucker. Oh God. Those two. I love them um, so much. So currently you are writing the Mate Games series. Mm-hmm. It's a reverse harem. It How is many books is it going to be? Five? Four. 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 I gave you mm-hmm. an extra book. Um, and you are writing it with your friend Meg Ann. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a reverse harem paranormal. Yep. That I have never experienced. Like I've never read anything like this. And Lee always gives me a hard time because PNR is not something that I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you sent me that book and I'm like okay I'm reading this she sent it to me and I was like where has this been all my life <laughs> yes I am Success. so obsessed I have pre-ordered no, but honestly, all Becky the showed books me the cover and I was like that is such a pretty cover I want it oh, I do love my pretty pretty boys on the cover <laughs> they are and I um I'm obsessed. So the next book, so books one through one and two are out now. Yeah. One and two are out. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess by the time this episode drops, book three will be out on July 11th. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is Possession, mm-hmm. which is the Viking demigod mm-hmm. who. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Damn this Alec. man. I just. And then wow. when, when is book four coming out? August 15th. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah. I can binge. Yes. Hard. So we started writing this together in July of last year and we finished it in January, I think the end of January. They're quite long. They get pretty long. You know, the, the last one is I think 114,000 words. Like it's quite long. It's okay. Um, Caleb is long and girthy and, um, (laughs) that kind of fits him. So it's, yeah, it does. (laughs) So we wrote it all. We got the narrator scheduled. We got the whole big audiobook production ready to go and then started recording. I think it was in October. And so everything has been done for months, but we sat on it and we made a big plan to release it all together um, because reverse harem readers really like a, they want to be able to binge it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and nobody no. likes a cliffhanger. Nobody likes a cliffhanger. That's not true. Some people love them, but yeah. I'm not one yeah. of those people. And you know, like when you know, you're going to get the last one, it's easier to kind of be like, okay, I can wait for a little bit. But mm-hmm. the audiobooks are um, a multicast. And so they're Ooh. done in duet style. Um, so it sounds like a play. So, um, I might have to, to go for the audio. Oh, I, I love the audio. (laughs) I'm not a huge, I hate to say this to you, but I'm not a huge audio fan. (laughs) Don't worry. You're not in trouble. It's okay. 
Well, cause I read really fast. And so I have mm-hmm. a hard time listening to a book that I can read twice as yeah. fast as I can listen to it. Yes. Cause I have a, I, the audiobooks I have are good, a though. issue with waiting for things. I <laughs> so know it's hard. It's hard. Well, mm-hmm. I have to say for these audiobooks, because of the way they're done, it is kind of a cinematic experience because like when when Father Gallagher takes Sunday into his office for their first meeting and he, well, I won't tell you what he does, but he punishes her for something she did, which was very naughty. And she's a bad girl. He does it in his Irish accent. You know, it's just, it's, it's real special when you get to hear it performed with that accent and that growly Jason Clark voice. And so it was, it's really probably the favorite audiobook I've ever produced for myself is, is the mate games because it was this, the goal was transport the listener into the world and make them yeah. just fully immersed. And that's what I think we, I think we it's- did it like I have heard um, a couple of our community members, like they got the advanced like reader mm-hmm. or listener copy. Mm-hmm. And they said like, it is, it is top notch, like for your ears. It makes me feel very good. Cause yeah, it was a lot of work. <laughs> people have been very excited about the audio. Yeah. We, we really loved it. And the, the, the guys um, who it's James Joseph, um, Jason Clark, J.F. Harding and Aaron Shedlock all really embodied their characters so fully and really brought them to life. Like J.F. Harding playing Kingston, who is the rejected shifter mate. Yeah. Kingston could have come across as a real douche, like always. (laughs) But the way that J.F. Harding brought him to life, he was a douche, but a real lovable one who has a lot of vulnerability you know, who then suddenly you feel bad for. He's enough of a, he redeems himself enough that you don't hate him. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. don't hate him. Mm -hmm. I still had moments in the first book that I was like, yeah, dude, really? You're supposed to though. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, yeah. (laughs) Possession out July 11th. You will. So as the dropping of this episode, you can get all the three for the three books in the mate games. And then you can expect book four, um, August 15th. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, okay. So Kim, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Um, you. We appreciate you coming on and chatting books with us. Thank you. This is super fun. super sweet she is super sweet and we have we have claimed her as a friend and she and she doesn't get a choice she didn't say no she didn't say no she didn't say no and honest and she didn't give us that that face where it's like how can i say no but not actually say no like these people are holding me hostage and actually we we didn't get that so well, and there's a really hope cool that she'll thing. claim us too. Well, there's a really cool thing. She is actually going to be back with some friends for she an is. episode in August. And there's more details for that to come. But it's going to be a really awesome episode that she's going to come back and be a part of. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. It's something that we haven't done before too, which is even more exciting. Yeah. 
It's going to be really great. It's so cool. So exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Friends, countrymen, <laughs> buzzing about romance listeners. <laughs> we need your help. We need your help. We do. We're working on an upcoming episode and we need some song wrecks. We're looking for your favorite songs from the 80s and 90s, the 2000s, and a current hit. Check out our website at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash music to give us your song requests. Because we're going to have a really fun, cool episode, kind of, that pairs books and music. I mean, the idea is fun and cool, but we'll see where it takes us. I mean, we're not really fun and cool, so. Hey, take that back. We are we are fun and we are cool. We are just not fun and cool f- for everybody. We're not fun and cool at the same time. We can be temperate <laughs> and fantastic. Oh, that's not true. We can be fun Drunk and book cool. Club, we are fun and cool at are the we? same time. Are we? I mean, the tequila helps. It does help. Okay, Leah, <laughs> it's that time. Is that time for book book of of the the week? <laughs> I'm sorry, I ruined it. It's I blame okay. the pollen. It's the pollen's fault. So, Leah, what's your book of the week? Okay, my book of the week is Codename Libra by Janie Crouch. It's a fake dating destination suspense romance, and they talk so much about desserts and cakes and yummy yummy things. It's very good. It's it's an interesting take on a fake dating trope because he's her assistant, like her bakery assistant, but they're at a destination wedding for her sister and her ex-boyfriend, but not, but there's no animosity in that relationship situation. Her family is not the best, but the sister is very nice. And the ex-boyfriend, like she's very happy for them. She thinks they are a much better fit. And so that whole part of it, there's no angst like in that aspect of it, but it was really interesting. I really enjoyed it a lot, but it's suspense by Janie Crouch. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a one click for you right there, sister friend. She definitely is. What is your book of the week? So I have been in the mood for the rock stars. I Mm -hmm. am loving all the rock stars And I actually pushed Jenny and Carolina. I'm like, listen, here is the deadline. We are doing a rock star episode. This is when it will be. You better get your books together because even if I have to do it on my own, I am building a band of rock stars. I mean, I was willing to take one for the team. You were, but I know it's not your favorite. It's not my favorite, but because I know you love it so much, I was willing to do it for You're you. Such a good friend, such a good co-player. Um, mm-hmm. So this last week, I read. I read. Uh huh. This That's last right. week, <clears throat> I read "Faded to Bloom" by Julia Wolf. Okay, now I would like everyone to listen very carefully. <laughs> this was a friends to lovers romance. Okay, but let me tell. Let me say something. I discovered something this week. So Becky's super picky about certain things suspense and friends to lovers if they're done what right and done well and second chance raves oh and second chance she raves about them raves about them but she's so fucking picky so picky so fucking picky so So this is you may proceed faded to bloom by julia wolf this is a friends to lovers romance that was 
phenomenal chef's kiss. I am telling you right now, this is in the running for my book of the year. Um, Ooh, it those was, are, those are strong words. Yeah. They are July. neighbors. They're neighbors. They meet by chance and then they become friends and they hang out and they have dinner together. And then it's, and it slowly starts to move across the line with this mutual pleasuring piece that comes into it. This book does not technically pop till 68%. And when I tell you I, there's so much chemistry, it didn't need a pop. There was so much chemistry, this did not need a pop. It is that good. And we're talking, he has some piercings and... Um, so freaking sexy. She is kind of a um, trust fund child that's connected to it's the daughter of the owner of his record label that he worked that he's contracted to as a rock star. So there were just some other dynamics into play. So good does not read like typical rock star romance because they're not on tour. It's at a time when they're it takes place at a time that he's yeah, that he's back after the tour is over. Chapter one is told in present, and then in chapter two, it starts at a flashback and then carries the book through to back up to present by like 60%. So, Which the way you described it was pretty interesting. The way that they do it was amazing. I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, and again, like book of the year quality, because again, Julia Wolf made me fall in love with a trope that I am very much not a fan of and also when you start talking in flashbacks and telling a story through flashbacks it doesn't always work and this worked and worked well so that is my book of the week i mean tell us how you really feel yeah you know, right <laughs> i'm telling you like i'll be talking about this book for a while <laughs> anyway that's the thing like people know like when we really 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 enjoyed a book because for our book of the week it's a little bit longer than other books of the week yeah <clears throat> okay okay so this is week eight week eight of the summer reading challenge which is crazy and it has been a lot of fun and a lot of chaos and just a good time but so this week's authors are miss danica flynn and miss melissa foster and we have a lot happening this week. So there's a lot going on this week. On the 18th, we are live with Molly McLean on Instagram at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, 9.30 PM. Sorry, we have to verify that one. Then on the 19th, we are live on Instagram with Danica Flynn at 11 AM Eastern Standard Time. And Becky's going to write down the, the characters' names this time so she doesn't mess up. No manning. Then- on the 20th, 20th, we are live on the TikTok with Melissa Foster at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also on the 20th, we are doing a Discord book discussion, and we are going to do Wasted Words by Stacey Hart. This starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but if you cannot make it, then it, you can drop in at any time, comment. Um, a hive members Jenny and Anna are going to be hosting this, and so they will be checking back in, like probably the like over a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Everybody sometimes like because we have people like in all over the all over the world. So if you cannot like catch it like that night, then 
hop in the next day. And then on the 21st, it is the next installment of Plot a Book with Sawyer Bennett on the TikTok at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What are you and Miss Sawyer talking about this week? Um, so we have, know? no, we have, I think we're working on backstory and okay. conflict this time. So we know what world <clears throat> it's taking place in and you can go over to our YouTube channel and watch the replay of both episode one and episode two so that you're all caught up and ready for episode three. So in the last episode, I believe we gave them names. We know that they are both lawyers we know that they are going to be somehow in the Arizona vengeance world and it's a second chance romance and Dominic somehow is involved in it. He's the owner of the Arizona vengeance. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Like if it's in the vengeance world, like he kind of has to have something to do with it. Well, I tried to get wild in there and Lisa like tried to give me rules and has she, has she met us? Right. Lisa, anyway. if you're listening, you should know the rules do not apply to us. They're just guidelines. If, if even that. Anyway, so yeah, it should be, I'm not, I'm not exactly positive what our next discussion is, but they're a good time. And we really, it's been so neat to find, and I can't really, I can't wait to read what we're giving her ideas for, because we have born a bunch of ideas out of these lives. So, mm-hmm. Okay, Patreon update. I just want to say thank you <laughs> to all of our Patreons, supporters like Carrie, Mindy, and Heather. We want to welcome Danielle. She is Kate Coffee and Books to the community, and we are so glad you are here. We are so grateful for your continued support. Um, you can we help. We're sp- happy that everybody can deal with our chaos. Yes, because we are special kind. <laughs> Here a lot. Although I will say, like Patreon and the community that we have built is amazing. We have the mm-hmm. best community and the members in it participating in things and being a part of things. It is just amazing. And we would love to have all of you that are listening come join us um, and be a part of the community. You can join us on Discord, you can join us on Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. we just want to talk romance books with everybody. So we do. And we don't, but the thing is though. We don't talk just romance books. Like we talk about life. We talk about like all sorts of things. Today they were talking about reality TV and Mm -hmm. who's watching what. Because apparently we've got a couple of below deck fans over on Discord. So. Yep. Yep. We Um, do. You can help support the podcast by joining us over on Patreon. We'd really like to hit our goal of 40 Patreons by the end of the year. You can find details at patreon.com slash bookcase and coffee. Okay, so Drunk Book Club. The August Drunk Book Club is happening on August 20th, and we are going to be reading Beautifully Broken Pieces by Catherine Cowles, and Catherine is going to be joining us for the evening. So we would love to have you join us. If this is a Patreon exclusive event, but if you do want to test out Drunk Book Club, send us an email at the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com, and we can send you a link for a one time trial Drunk Book Club because, as I said, we are a lot. We accept that, but not everybody, we're not everybody's cup of tea, but if you love Catherine's books, she's going to hang out with us and she is a delightful, wonderful human being. Super nice. One of the nicest people, Mm -hmm. Uh, probably too nice to be hanging out with us. No. Yes. Don't say that. Um, okay. 
Programming note, we are back to two quick shots of romance starting this week. Uh, You will get our regular Sunday episodes, plus on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we are back with our quick 20-minute review episodes, because Leah and I have spent the summer reading all the books and that we want to read. And we need to tell you all about all the books that we've been reading. (laughs) So, um, and we have been slumping a little bit every once in a while. So we've been working through that chaos, but we'll tell you all about that at the year end episode. So stay tuned because that's going to be a good time. I do want to tease a little tea. I've been kind of sipping at some tea over on discord and Patreon over the last couple of weeks. And so we have some amazing things in works. So, so many secrets we want to share with all of you. First and foremost, you're going to want to save the evening of August the 11th in your calendars. We can't give you too many details yet, but you would be a super smarty pants if you do save August the 11th on your calendar. Mm -hmm. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we are back with a die-hard Christmas in July episode. This year, we are putting Jana Astin's Reindeer Falls novellas to the die-hard gauntlet. Do they hold up to the die-hard Christmas test? Can the goats save us from the hostages? Fuck yeah, they can. I don't know, though. They might faint. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Can We shall find out next time. That's right. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.